Welcome to a new episode of the India Independent Films Podcast. Uh, this is Rahul Desai here, a film companion. Uh, we have uh, Uday Bhatia with us today, Mint. And uh, Ishita won't be around, unfortunately, for this session. But uh, since the year is ending, we hope to, uh, we hope three of us can get together and talk about, like, uh, uh, I think, like, our highlights of the year, which will hopefully happen in the next couple of weeks. For now, we are here to talk about uh, two uh, Hindi films that released earlier this week. And uh, one of them is a very hyped Netflix film, Zoya Akhtar's Next, The Archies. And the second is Devashish Makhita's Joram, which is playing in theatres right now. Um, before we start, very oddly, I noticed both of them share something really similar. It's basically land being taken away. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and in very in very different settings, of course, very, very different films. Um, uh, it's it's in um, Joram. It's basically tribal land in Jharkhand, but and in Aachis, it's a fictional land in Riverdale in 1964. And uh, both times, it's basically it's almost anti-development. Both films, which is a good thing, and uh, it's it's a, a rise of um, some kind of. Uh, rebellious force in both films but it, it's very amusing to me that this both these films uh, share one theme and they have elicited very different reactions across the spectrum uh, let's start with the Ache Zoyakta's uh, film which we've which a lot of people have been waiting for and admitting including me because I've been um, I mean I spent most of my childhood like hoarding Ache's comics and reading them like that was the only reading I got in honestly like uh, people like they read it Woodhouse and you know uh, a Shakespeare, but I read I read Archie's, and uh, it shows. It shows in the kind of uh, the way I struggle sometimes while speaking. Um, I um, I'm going to hand it over to you there. Just like a few uh, few words about the plot before we get into it. Uh, there have been mixed reactions across, which is expected. I actually, what one of the few films this is. I watched the trailer of this and. Uh, I shouldn't have because it does, uh, in a way, sort of color your expectations from a film. Wasn't expecting a lot after watching the trailer either. But uh, yeah, let's start with uh, let's start with the premise before we get in. I yeah. So luckily, it's quite easy to do a summary of this because there's really only one. If you are vaguely familiar with Archie's, and I was only vaguely familiar because I did not read much i was more of a asterisk tintin guy uh and peanuts guy growing up so um not too much archies uh but um i knew enough to kind of realize that they've pretty much taken the archetypal thing of of archies and just uh put it in 1964 in india in a sort of uh uh, I probably like a Dehradun like small town uh, which is populated only by Anglo Indians it seems uh, which is slightly weird but really the only uh, is really the only solution which could have been done I guess when you were deciding to do it with the original names of the characters like that really was the only possibility unless you unless like those were their nicknames and they had like more you know, I, they had like some of them had 
uh, Anglo-Indian sounding names and some of them had, uh, you know, other names. But anyways, that's that's not the that's not the way it's gone. It's set in an almost entirely Anglo-Indian community. And um, there's only one real conflict, which is there that uh, Veronica's father, uh, that's uh, uh, Hiram Lodge, played by Ali Khan is trying to buy up land and he's planning to build a hotel on the uh, in their uh, in the center of the town in a park uh, which is very beloved uh, of of the gang and over the f- course of the film uh, as we weave in and out of their uh, you know their personal lives uh, the sort of glue holding it together is that they uh, they banned and they sort of oppose this thing. And then like, it's a very milk toast kind of uh, revolution. Like it's it's hardly, uh, it's, it's not even like, the film doesn't take it seriously. The point is them getting together, really not what, you know, not how they kind of do anything after that because there's really no conflict at all. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much like, mm that's that's the structure of the film it it doesn't get like a lot more complicated than that uh, i i sort of found it interesting like given someone i mean given that i'm someone who sort of grew up reading everything i could get my hands on i had like a at, at least 150 or 200 single digests and like 200 Ooh. double digests i think like i bullied my parents into buying one almost every day in in a certain year at some point because it was not very, uh, not a very demanding kid. This is all I wanted, really, <laughs> something to read <laughs> while I was eating. And uh, yeah, I got a bit obsessed with Archie, with Archie, basically. And uh, I, I, some, I think some of my most, uh, I actually, when I heard about Joy Akhtar making um, the Archies, and in in its small literal form, say not Indianized, basically not a kuch kuch hota, not 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 anything else. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I assumed that she would. Sure, she would. I knew she was is a nice excuse to sort of use targets as well because then you know the Anglo-Indian accent isn't that jarring, or the accents aren't, aren't that jarring. You get a nice little background to justify it. But I expected that there's there's one particular edition which was uh, one particular comic which I think came later on. I don't know, maybe fifteen or twenty years ago, which was very popular amongst a lot of Archie fans. Um, which was basically, I mean, Archie is normally you always expect a love triangle to sort of be center stage, which is Archie, Betty, Veronica. It became, it's the OG sort of love triangle in a way and everything that came after the 1940s, after the 1950s, basically a derivation of this comic. And I expected that they would adapt this comic a couple of, like, which came out like 10, 15 years ago, where Archie, uh, where there's this imaginary, uh, there are two imaginary scenarios, one that he marries Betty and the second that he marries Veronica. And mm-hmm. it it basically plays out his life in both directions and uh, how it would. And I was, I, you know, I sort of expect because that is more cinematic, even when I remember reading it when I maybe was a teenager. Mm-hmm. I thought that, you know, if they ever have to make a nice little rom-com, this would be fun. But of course, we've seen hundreds of rom-coms like this. Um, I, I just thought that would, like, if India had to do something very little, that would be the way to go. It's quite surprised by the entire environmental angle and very tokenistic sort of ecological uh, bent to it. And, uh, like, a park being destroyed, it didn't look like the kids really cared about a park, or they were the kind of kids who cared about a park. But, um, but yeah, I was a little surprised by the sort of 
angle they chose and it, it was difficult to make it serious because Archie was never a serious comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It never, it was, it's not adventurous like Tintin or Asterix. It's not like, it's not wry or sarcastic like, you know, Peanut or what. It, it, it has no tone. That was the entire USP of Archie that it was about an average group of friends in an average American town. And uh, that averageness became its USP like in sort of a post-war world where it became so popular. And I think uh, that's why a lot of generations of kids took to it. And I think it's very difficult to make um, something high stakes out of something like that. And especially mm-hmm. if you're going to treat the tone as a musical like this. And that's where I found a bit of dissonance because uh, if you're going to make a comic, if you're going to turn a comic book, all these comic book characters into a film, it's really hard to get us invested into something like, you know, um, like taking out a park or like building a hotel and like industrialization taking over, modernization taking over and nice little revolution happening. It We are never going to take it seriously because, you know, all the characters for better or worse, are always going to make up with each other, always going to never get too pissed off with each other. That was how Archie was. Even Mr. Lodge is not really ever a villain. He's always a uh, your yeah. girlfriend's mother who gets pissed off with you. So it was, I found it really weird that they chose this premise, basically. Isn't Reggie supposed to be like a lot more, uh, lot more of a, like, not a villain, but like kind of like a, more of an asshole than than the the Reggie in this. I sort of vaguely remember that. Yeah, supposed to be. So they did a, quite a few little to- tweaks here and there, like little updates. Like Reggie's supposed to be, as a lot of us know, very slick, like almost a snaky operator who's like mm. an anti almost. Mm. And he's always like trying to get Veronica on his own terms. He's a playboy. He's um, He's a liar. I mean, he's the closest to a liar child can know as a as a comic book fan. And um, I, exp- I I was honestly these were the things that worked for me in the film. The little tweaks like that. Here, Reggie is like a journalist son, and he is actually like the more passionate of the gang, and he's the one who almost starts the little uprising right. that against uh, Mr. Lodge, and uh, and the, the nice track with his father, where the father, being an editor, sort of caves into corporate pressure, and Reggie's very disillusioned, very relatable track for people even in 2023. Um, I, I, I like that they made Reggie this guy, and, and more importantly, the making Dilton Doily queer and um, having feelings towards Reggie was a surprise, because in the comics, I mean, when you're young, you don't really see any undertones, but even then, like the geeky character you tend to look at very differently. And then sort of uh, that that's very typical given that, you know, she's made Made in Heaven like two seasons, very typical Zoe actor and, and team politics in that sense, like trying to be progressive, but then also come coming across as a little too show-offy sometimes. I like that Reggie, you know, is the only one who understands Dilton. I, 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 I also like that Archie is sort of called out for being sort of two-timing, uh, um, you know, between Betty and Veronica, because that was always a very fun part of the comics. Like, we never really took it seriously, and we thought it was normal to two-time uh, if you're a kid growing up, like, and reading, and that everything will be forgiven as long as you're all a good gang of friends. So, in that sense, you know, the, on paper, these little tweaks really work for me, but um, I don't know, like, that comic book tone, um, that, that, that sort of no-stakes, very low-stakes tone did not 
it does not go in sync with the treatment so it's an interesting um kind of tone that uh, zoya akhtar settles on she's co-written it with um, with reema kakti and uh, aisha dhillon um and uh, it's it's not quite the kind of comic book stylization it's not uh, i would have been interested to see what someone like anurag basu might have done with this kind of material because mm-hmm. i think he might have gone further with the very comic bookness of it all uh, it it might have been like even though you know uh, uh, akhtar does have a stylization of it it's very much her kind of stylization and it's not so comic booky as maybe one might have expected or even the trailer actually led me to expect i would have thought it would have been a bit more instead it's kind of like it's not too far from uh, uh, from uh, a certain realism it's just very uh, very pretty very manicured very bouncy it has that kind of hollywood musical uh, touch to it uh, not like not like a hindi musical uh, in the sense that you know one of the giveaways is that you very rarely see uh, characters in hindi movies singing to each other now like it's just uh, uh, like like actually addressing each other like the uh, like having a conversation through a song and you get that a lot in uh, uh, in this film and actually in a couple of other zoya akhtar films also i'm thinking of the the uh, the ranveer and uh, anushka song in um, uh, in dil dhadakne do also which is which could have been something that might have been in this movie uh, uh, you know in in this it starts out like almost like as a, a conversation between them the choreography is also like very sort of it's it's tailored around two people rather than like having a whole bunch of dancers so i i don't i'm not sure whether this might have been the exact tone that people were expecting uh, it's uh, i think some people were sort of lazily calling it wes andersony and it's really not that at all uh, and uh, i don't know it's just you you mentioned low stakes uh, in your review and so did i and i think that just it feels it feels very much like that and i'm not just talking about like say like the plot or you know the the things that they're they're doing or or you know the 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 actions that they're taking it's also like this the stakes within like the you know their their relationships with each other really do not seem very uh, very pressing i mean there's a, there, there are some conflicts you know there are obviously veronica falls out with various people in the gang because her father is 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 the sort of antagonist of the piece and they find that out eventually and uh, betty and veronica uh, find out that archie is sort of two timing them they get mad at him so there's that conflict and there are a few others but in in general there it it doesn't seem like anything is going to really come to a boil and it it never really does so it's just you just sort of float along on these very pretty scenes some very nicely choreographed uh, numbers and 
it's it just kind of rolls along so it's it's not an unwatchable film at all but you're you're done with it and it's just like you know that past and i i don't feel anything at the end of it like the it, it's it's like I, you could have watched nothing and uh, you know you kind of uh, it's it's is just not substantial in 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 any interesting way yeah that's so i mean i think like people who've sort of um, been fans of the comic books over the years uh and you know people who haven't really read much of it over the years i think more or less i think the reading is the same in the sense that it's very um it's sort of almost very safe and just like it just chugs along and it's it's happy to just exist and uh, it's that kind of film it's neither good nor bad uh, it's somewhere in the middle but i think the difference at least for me as someone who've been who's been really invested in the characters at least till i was say 25 or so um I, i think the only difference is that um i just sort of expected right from the beginning that obviously people are going to um it's not going to really be serious serious because even if lodge is like mr lodge is doing this uh, there's nothing like it's going to in the end they're all going to make up like it so happens in musicals or like it happens in comic books and if veronica some pe- people are pissed with veronica or something it just apologies next morning and they start singing songs or, or it's it's that kind of high school musical tone that is hard to get used to if it's isolated but you know uh, uh, knowing that archi represents a certain kind of utopianism like almost a shit creek sort of tone um you you sort of make peace with that while watching it I, i i suspect that if i hadn't really cared for the comics all my life i would have really gotten very pissed off with this film because it really does nothing to you otherwise it's just like all gloss and all nice plasticky stuff so i don't know i'm i'm sort of glad that i had some kind of opinion on it because of the comics because all i could do is compare it to what they did how they adapted the comics and how they almost um almost like course corrected a few niggling things that were wrong with the comics without really uh without really being too obvious about it like i i know i compared it a little to barbie in my review but obviously that's a bit of an overstatement barbie was very smart about uh, addressing the toys real life relationship with society in general over the years and they had a lot more to lot more meat to sort of cover in that sense because you're talking about like a plastic doll that um you, that uh, that can sort of uh, trigger a lot of themes in real in the real world as well and it has over the years so you're looking back you have the luxury of hindsight you're looking back and like uh, almost self critiquing what it stands for i felt like mm-hmm. archie was trying to do that at some level at least with its um, decharacterization of characters like Reg- reggie and dilton and even archie to an extent fact that B- betty and veronica have that conversation saying we're not going to let a boy come in between us we're best friends and then they go and sort of chat. like i have a problem with the way it happens like the confrontation very like virginal and plasticky and saying oh and just teasing him and that's it it's all good next day but uh, i like the idea behind doing these things where you're basically looking at archie comics and saying okay let's uh, let's do something about the way it's influenced generations of kids and let's sort of change it up a bit in that sense and tell them that it was not always okay uh, 
to have or to normalize certain things in these comic books and it's a trendy thing to do in 2023 and nobody will know better than zoya and her team because they tend to be very like i mean we saw a lot of the politics as performative instead of made in heaven too but in archies it's a little more organic uh, you're, you're not really because it's a comic book you can tend to be a little patronizing about it and uh, almost because it's a children's film in a way um i think that everything is political song was a little like it's almost like it felt like a made in heaven uh, scene because they were so literal about the politics of that show but here it fit in because you know you're a musical you're a comic book you're a anglo indian town and mm. uh, it was a nice little message to deliver but again you know that's the problem with i think uh, her films lately or her work lately is that there's there's a sort of imbalance between the commentary she wants to do and the filmmaking earlier it used to always be the filmmaking that used to speak for her and the way she used to um, mine stories around her and mine stories around india and now it's become like you know it's almost become reactionary saying that we need to say certain things and we'll see about how the story tell how to sort of uh, weave the storytelling around it I, i saw that in everything she did this year including the hard the web series mm-hmm. they created and i think a lot of the commentary in the end especially in the last episode or before that felt a little forced even though the acting was terrific throughout but it just felt like something was off let's talk a bit about the uh, the actors because that's really all that people are interested in talking about and uh, i have to say i i thought uh, the i'm talking about the main cast like the the kids the archie's gang i thought they were fine they they were okay i don't think there was much that they could do with the material uh, and uh, with that limitation i didn't think they were egregiously bad at all and uh, i really cannot judge whether they'd be really good going forward because there really wasn't much that they could do but uh, i don't think they embarrassed themselves uh, any of them and uh, i i enjoyed some of what suhana khan did as uh, veronica uh, like you know the slightly vain affected things and i i but again i just i i don't think they had uh, i don't think they had much to work with and uh, that's uh i think that's on zoya and the writers i i i don't think the kids were too bad at all i agree with you because um, i think it's student of the year syndrome basically um it's really hard Let to me also just say i just you know to refresh my memory i went back to student of the year to yeah. watch some of those scenes and if you watch <laughs> the three there the trio <laughs> there you would have said that they could not have a career Yeah, and so that was what people were saying when the original student of the year came out by the way like people were just trashing them and they were actually really bad compared yeah. to those uh, people the 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 archies kids are uh, are are much better they are much po- uh, you know much more poised and and they were just terrible in that siddharth malhotra was actually the best out of varun dhawan and uh, alia and him and that hasn't worked out for siddharth malhotra uh, uh, you know a, a decade later but uh, yeah it's it's re- i mean they they're terrible so in that sense i i i don't i think people are very unfairly going after them because they're all you know kids of famous people and that's just uh, 
I mean, that's just a stupid discourse that's happening now for a long time in our country. I mean, that was entirely on Karan Johar because, you know, he's happy to just launch them and see where it heads after that. And I agree, like, I think all of us were of the opinion that they, there's no way they can have a career. And it's only, it's not until, like, Alia started doing Highway, Varun started doing those films with Shashank Aitan, Badlapur, and then Siddharth Malhotra, and you're right, that we thought that Siddharth would be the one to break out, really, amongst <laughs> the And because he was actually the best in that film. And uh, he's the one that turned out to be the lesser actor of the three, uh, eventually, in the decade that followed. Though so he's found his niche, I think. Yeah, he's I mean, found his niche, you know, thanks to Dharma. Good, and stuff. good for so, him. Um, and he's he's done he's worked with some very average directors good on him but um, but yeah Archie's I agree like I think it's unfair discourse around like it's just been fashionable for the last three or four years to like go after what you call nepo babies and star kids and and you know I'm not defending I have no opinion I don't care if they were not star kids I would have had the same opinion about their acting it makes no difference to critics um where who where they come from and what they do it's just to see the discourse around and like just go after suana khan for the heck of it or go after kushi kapoor or go after agastyananda because you know they are like they belong to certain families is very weird because I, I wonder what it is because like is it you just want to look at um these actors these young actors differently through a certain lens now because you know the like how are you then engaging only with the film because people's favorite thing to do these days is tell other people to say that only talk about the film don't talk about anything else and now you know everyone's doing the opposite and uh, it's really not on them it's very bland writing in that sense very bland direction if you want to blame something so actor should have done more maybe should have challenged them more but i feel like she approached it the same way karan johar did student of the year she's just launching them and after the, this they'll do a dozen films and we'll get a better idea of their potential so it's unfair to dismiss anyone within a film i don't care who you are whether which family or from whatever your heritage is um we made that mistake with student of the year and see what Ali, what happened what alia turned out to be and um, you know it would have been very easy to dismiss a lot of star kids in the 90s and 2000s also all of them did pretty well for themselves and now if anything they've become almost an underdog whenever a new film of theirs releases because the discourse is going to go after them immediately going to judge them like really scrutinize everything they do don't understand the gifs of suana khan going viral for whatever reason but uh, i think they were okay like there's i, I really have no opinion it's too archie is not the kind of film that lets you have an opinion on the actors that's why i didn't write about them also like there's nothing yeah, it's different. like i i can't say they're good yeah i just know that they're not bad because i see bad week in week out by yeah. some <laughs> usually by people who are like very highly rated and who are quote unquote character actors or who have been stars for like years and years and years and uh, it's I, this is not bad i just it's it's that simple and the clips that people are sharing are laughable in the sense that people are saying that this is example of terrible acting or bad accents or something like have you seen some of the people who are huge stars in hindi films and have you seen their accents i mean these are certainly not worse than those i mean these are really people who watch maybe three big films a year and then base their opinions on on you say like oh we have like 
certain good actors manoj bajpai how dare these people act on screen <laughs> it's a very generic view of bollywood of hindi cinema and uh, i i don't know what you are going to get like by criticizing really to on basis of a scene or, and i i'm seeing that scene that's going like where suana is sort of either confronting her father or talking to betty in a cafe yeah. and i'm like what is wrong with this like what is exactly wrong with this i'd say there's nothing great about it but what exactly is wrong about it because i'm i mean come on i watch like five films a week so trust me when i say i have perspective on what is good and bad acting and we do like end of the year list and we have a very good idea i watch i, I think like at least 100% more films than a lot of the average viewer might and i think uh, that holds true for most critics and uh, you have to look at it in in that sort of perspective you can't just go after them because you want to go after them uh, or, or because it's just fashionable to do it nowadays anyways that discourse is just rubbish and uh, yeah i don't think the performances were, were it, like the worst thing about the film or anything like that i think it was just zoya akhtar not aiming higher and uh, i i think i did uh, enjoy uh, suhas ahuja as uh, archie's dad i yeah. thought that track was really nice and i thought he was really good it's surprising casting though like i when i saw his face i was yeah. like tu hai mera sunday brother it's nice to see him in whenever he shows up but uh, but yeah it, i i actually enjoyed a lot of the casting of the parents like uh, very enjoyable if you if you've kind of grown up in the 90s 2000s and you used to watch like some channel v mtv and you know the odd indie film and stuff uh, you'd recognize a lot of these names yeah i mean ghosts of like pop culture past and it just felt like very like there's everyone there's uh the vinay patak luke kenny koel puri tara sharma it was kamal sindhu uh, yeah exactly kamal sindhu out of everyone i was veronica's mother and i was like okay of course she is uh but that that is really also like a nice way of little giving a nod to that generation um the post liberalization in india generation right like the 90s when basically the western sort of little nice little tropes and touches started reaching our shores in term, in you know through cinema through ads through films and these were the faces that were at the forefront of it like in in i think on mtv screens or vt or whatever the channels were back then and uh, whether models whether uh, whether films and i think this was our first sort of taste of the archie syndrome uh, in india also so it was a nice uh, little touch there but uh, but yeah i i, I think uh, apart from It, it it was fairly i mean it's it's really hard to have an extreme opinion about this film because this film doesn't really it's that classic kind of thing that is happy to be there and happy to let you watch what they've done with the production design what they've done with the color what they've done with the casting and that's about it like i can't really take it seriously for lack of a better uh, for lack of a better criticism i realized that you know i i, I when when it finished i was like you know those are really nice clothes like i i really like the costumes and then That's i was good. like you know if 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 i of all people am noticing the costumes <laughs> and that is my big takeaway from the film then something has gone a bit wrong like it, it, that should not i should not <laughs> be the person who is that yeah. is fun yeah that's true i agree with that because uh i actually expected so anna can't to be playing betty when i first heard about uh, archie is being made 
year and when i heard she was involved i i really thought like she would be playing betty for some reason i don't know why i don't even know her i've never seen any of her on ads or anything i'd hardly seen any photos compared to say aryan khan or whatever so i um, i don't know must be the sharuk subconscious influence i don't know but uh, but yeah that's uh, i think um, in terms of what did you think about like the whole high school musical tone and the music itself because honestly i'm at a stage where i have no opinion on shankar hasan law anymore but if you would like to contribute please feel free i i have no uh, i have no great fondness for the music in this i thought the uh, the the songs were as usual uh, choreographed very beautifully mm-hmm. i think zoya is one of the few directors who actually cares like who actually puts a lot of thought into it like she's actually trying to figure out new ways to do stuff so you get the roller skate song you get like the song with like you know crazy swooping camera movements you get the one that's like more just you know a, a little more focused on the dancers themselves so there's like a little each song has its own personality and music's kind of inoffensive i was i pointed out in the in the review how they've kind of uh whacked little bits from songs of that era or songs that are set in that era so there's yeah, like what, a pop of the world a bit of lama so it's just i don't know i i it's 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 fine the i mean the the music kind of goes with the whole thing but it's again just like the film it's just not memorable on its own it's it's just uh, it's a bit of a pastiche and uh, a reasonable pastiche and it kind of stops at that yeah i i while i was watching i think towards the end of the film they play that song in the park and like do that yeah. entire performance i I could only hear "Hey Jude" in it. Like that's it. it. That was the same tune, and I was like, "Are they purposely doing it?" Then it's very smart because it's 1964, and the Beatles are big, and I think "Hey Jude" is around the corner, or it's already happened. And I was like, "A nice little tribute." Then I realized, oh, this might just be a pre-tum thing. They might not realize they are whacking it. But uh, yeah, it was just. It was as you said. You know, it's all very inoffensive. Um, nothing to report really from the front in that sense. Uh, good little segue to um the other film with a similar theme <laughs> this uh, week uh, joram devashish makija uh, and i was joking by the way huh, for susceptible viewers it's it's nothing not similar <laughs> at all it it they could not we could not be discussing two more different films uh, this week <laughs> we'll see about that let's when you speak about the premise and let's leave that up to listeners to figure it out <laughs> yeah so um joram um uh, devashish makija film um uh, again with manoj bajpai um uh, who was in his last film as well uh, bosle uh, a very um, stark kind of film it had been doing a festival run for some time actually is it from is it a film from last year rahul Yeah, it is. It is. It's. I think it's been doing the round since last year. It's been in the making for at least a couple of years, from what I see on social media. So yeah, it's it's uh, been around. Yeah. Had had you seen it uh, before this? Uh, for something? No, no, not at all. Like I, I, I was actually keen because I, I kept seeing like. Um, i kept seeing like news about it i kept seeing like uh, because they i think half of the team is on my facebook for uh, 
and and i kept seeing like stills from it and the the, the shoot and you know the challenges they faced so i felt like i'd seen it in a way but i i, I really i was only hearing about it for the last couple of years i was actually looking forward to it it's been doing the rounds in festivals this year it played at mami also uh, uh, year in bombay last month so uh, so yeah a lot of people have been talking about it yeah so um the and this will become a bit spoilery because there are a couple of revelations that happen in this film so uh, just um, be warned uh the film starts with uh, uh, manoj bajpayee playing uh, a character called dasru and uh, tanishka chatterjee playing his uh, wife they're in uh, their uh, adivasis in uh, jharkhand in the village and uh, they seem happy and uh, uh, but uh, then the the film sort of cuts uh, very quickly and brutally to the to a couple of years later where uh, uh, he is a manual laborer in uh, in in bombay uh, with his uh, with his wife and uh, uh, and they have a baby daughter uh they're uh, very poor um he's working on a construction site and uh, one day uh, an mla uh, who is uh, from his region uh, phulo karma was played by smita tambe uh, she turns up and she's giving out uh, uh, sarees and and, and uh, sort of handouts at at the at the site and she kind of she she sees uh, manoj bajpayee and she has this kind of fixed stare at him and he sees her and it's not clear whether he knows her but we know that she knows him somehow or she thinks she knows him and she comes she sort of comes up to him asks him about himself he's very um, he's very uh, kg about it she comes back to his house and uh, after that uh when she's alone in her car she tells her subordinate that uh, this is uh, dasru and uh, he's just changed his name and that's where the film kind of takes off and we find out a little later what ties dasru to phulo and uh, you know the film keeps very artfully i thought uh, uh does a sort of flashback uh, structure which sort of comes in degrees reminded me a bit of sonchedia with the deftness of of the use of its 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 flashbacks because we get just a little bit more information then we get a little more information and uh, until we really understand why things are like they are and um, uh what happens then very quickly is that uh, uh dasru comes home one day and he finds out that his wife has been killed and uh, his baby is is still there and he uh, is on the run with the baby very soon and um, then uh, there's this inspector who's put on his case uh, called uh, ratnakar uh, played by mohammad zishan ayub and uh, phulo uh, is pulling the strings and she wants to get hold of dasru and uh, that basically is the film so it's kind of a chase film but it's also more and that we kind of find out as the film progresses because it has a lot of things on its mind and it's a very kind of caustic film about 
about lives, especially about tribal lives uh, in in India today. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is um, this is Makhija's. I think his fourth feature, um, and for me, and I, I I've seen most of his shorts as well, and uh, I I really like. I mean, this film really worked for me on sort of different levels compared to the others. Like there were problems in like there were, for example, say Aji was way too bleak and way too over the top. Bosley in in parts, and Bosley was incredibly nihilistic and dark. Um, Joram, I thought had more texture to it for some reason. Uh, I like it reminded me. I mean, I don't. The, it just like in a very strange sense. It it, it all almost felt like um, it was about certain things. The way say Killers of a Flower Moon might be, but it was happy to um, look like a film about it as well. Because um, I think a lot of Makhija's work is. Uh, rooted in a very gritty, very bleak realism, and um, sometimes it um, it crosses like it crosses into a very dark zone. And I think Joram was constantly accessible. I'm glad you mentioned the flashbacks because those were, I think, very well done. Uh, you know, and Sonchide is a great uh, example also. And I, I I found it very fascinating that you're making essentially. what is a social drama but it looks like a survival thriller but it really is not a survival or a chase thriller because like we see dasru on the run with his baby like throughout and he's heading towards jharkhand and uh, we actually don't know why he he's just running away from the cops in bombay they are put on his tail they reach jharkhand as well like um, i think ratnakar is the one put in charge and he reaches jharkhand and there you know it's an entire different film there and throughout the journey we just do not know if dasru is running from someone or going towards someone or if he knows that phulo karma is the one behind what happened to his wife and that itself i found very fascinating that that says a story that like bajpai is playing the kind of character who just wants to uh, and eventually we see that he thinks that you know given that he was a like he was an axolite in his like past life say 5 years ago before quitting it and uh, and moving to bombay because the violence got too much for him he's almost a, he deflected from his force uh, we find out that he's actually on his way back to ask forgiveness from the commander because he thinks that this is the rebels fighting back and not fighting back but punishing him for running away and i found that so like that's such a powerful um, like way to write a film like this where mm-hmm. where you know your protagonist thinks that he is a victim of a different kind of oppression but here it is a very different kind and they are all otherwise like fulokarma is a you know one of the first elected mlas from that tribal region and see what she makes of her, of that privilege here it's pure okay. it comes personal revenge tale and that revenge is a running theme through all his films and we see it on from the opposite angle here because here you see a mother wanting revenge from for what happened to her son and it's blind here and she's just using her sort of she's using almost using the adivasi card in a way uh, and using and using all the little privilege that she got as a tribal person from the same region to uh, to sort of hunt down one of her own and that says so much about the conflict that you know not all of us are aware about in certain regions and in in jharkhand and that very in, incredibly complex sort of uh, you know conflict that uh, that comes across through the writing uh, 
thought was I thought was very good in in the way even Bajpayee played uh, a character like that. Initially, I thought he's like sort of overdoing the physicality, like being a little too PTSD in a way. But uh, eventually, because it was such an ambiguous performance, you didn't really know. if he knew anything at all like it's just he didn't turn out to be any hero anti hero he was not going for revenge himself he was just trying to survive with his baby and he just wanted to um, uh, there was no there was no motive technically behind his journey it was only phoolo karma who was running the strings and uh, I, what did you think about ratnakar's track because that was for me probably the most striking part of the film very interesting i i thought he was like a i was kind of reminded of newton Uh, yeah. Rajkumar Rao character Newton because again it's like a very rule following straight straight back kind of conscientious character who's sent into this forest and then he has to sort of rely on his instinct a bit and he realizes that you know doing things by the book may not necessarily be the you know the, the get the outcome which is the most moral one and he has to figure out where his sympathies lie and i i thought that was a very fascinating character and i really like momazishan when he is playing uh, straight aces because he always gives them a bit of an edge there's he he does he's he's one of those rare actors who can take like the most sort of rule following characters and give them something interesting he's he he does that you know even in scoop he did that Uh, those scoop was hampered by its uh, by a couple of things but he's he was quite good in it and he's excellent uh, out here i thought uh, the the whole cast uh, is is actually really good the the policeman who helps him out i don't know the actor but the policeman who helps him out when he reaches uh, the dasru's village that guy was also excellent mm. uh, but um, yeah but just um, Smita Tambe I thought gives one of the my favorite performances of this year. Mm. I think she is absolutely uncanny as Phoolo Karma. I think it's just a very uh scary kind of uh performance even before you know who she is, what she's uh, you know what she might do, how she's related to Dasru, just that look that she gives him mm. is so meaningful. and it's so uh, it's it's so loaded with uh, uh, with menace uh, I, i thought e- even in that point you kind of get this jolt that oh you know this is okay the story is going to get going now some this is this is the person that's kind of going to move things in the film and bajpai is not the mover of things in the film and and neither is um, neither is uh, uh, ratnakar she's the one who kind of sets everything uh, uh, going and and she becomes this almost a sort of avenging uh, implacable force but as things go on of course you learn why she is that way and it's also you know it's it's not like a plain antagonist at all yeah it's a pretty compelling sort of story journey from her perspective if you look at it because she feels like a protagonist of previous devashish makija films you know if, if because yeah, yeah. i think it's it's pretty much the same revenge arc in that sense and um, and she could have been it's just that and that's what makes this film for me like a like a rang above the others because uh, 
first of all, Smita Tambay, a fantastic performance, and she's just as unreadable as the other two characters in this film, and mo- arguably more so, uh, because you almost empathize with her, but you all, for for you know where she comes from and her her sort the her trauma and. Uh, it's just the way she uses silences the way she uses that deadpan face um, that i think you know very few actors could have done like in her place and i think she really drives the film because it feels like she wants to it feels like fulo karma wants to be the protagonist of the film and she's not being allowed to be that and uh, and that's why the and that's why she's sort of driving the whole thing to and even when she goes to jharkhand she is like you know let him come to me i know what i'm doing and um, I, i found it very unnerving to watch like it just felt like uh, a character who wanted to be in control of her life and her narrative after losing control of it long back so i think it was a one of the better written characters of the year as well and and even ratnaka for that matter is a little confused in the in when he reaches jharkhand and because it reminded me very much of panchayat too there were a few cops that turned out to be stereotypes um i thought it's i was wondering why it's going a little mainstream in that sense at in those portions but then i realized that it's and newton is one example and for me the example that came out is like it's a anti ayushman khurana role like he's not playing the upper caste like it is all the upper caste savior tropes where he comes <laughs> and he has that that wide eyed face whenever he sees something in the village and whenever mm-hmm. he sees the way the cops live and even his the constable who takes him around whenever he talks about something you have jishan ayub is always like stunned saying that you know i have it much better as say a dalit character in bombay and uh, and i was worried about that and we've seen it it's a very familiar arc like a city slicker coming to a village and getting stunned by it but the only difference is in a lot of those films he changes things around him which is with his privilege because he's the hero of the film or he uh, he has this sort of savior complex also going on in a way that article 15 sort of template and here i love that the film did not allow him to do that Yeah, uh, it's just he—he's just not allowed to settle. Uh, yeah, he's—he uh, becomes like less and less effective as the film goes, and and the the cops also just you know they care about him less and less. At one point, they just they're just taking calls from yeah. their superiors and from Polo, and they don't care about him. Like whatever you know, whatever they're showing at the start that, you know, uh, cop has come from Bombay, so they're going to try and pretend that they care about what he's saying. Uh, that pretense is completely dropped. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, eventually he has to use a gun to get their attention. Like It's just, it's that frustrating. And uh, I mean, you can see so many films like do the same thing, come into the environment, change things, go back, save everyone. But I love that Ratnakar is, as much a victim of the environment as all the others are in a way because uh, he is in his own sort of narrative he's not really the protagonist and he's trying to be as well and um, he's the one i found it a little convenient that the constable tells him everything at some point saying that this was yeah. his, this is the story behind fulo karma and this is the story behind why, uh, why she's behind us too it's almost like there's no other way to tell the viewers in plain so let's have this character spell it out for uh, for him and yeah. like that's how he finds out about everything so that he Especially knows what we knew happened. about it from from yeah, flashbacks it's just yeah. that um, ratnakar doesn't know about it yeah. so like and but he wants yeah to. it is a bit clumsy because just for the sake of one character knowing 
you yeah. didn't need like such a direct um, you know yeah yeah uh, so that, that was like sort of a like false note i went i thought like the film went a little too far in terms of its exposition uh, especially when ratnakar is there and he wants to find out what is happening because he knows that he's wrong to be hunting this person uh, yeah. there were other ways to get it across to, for him to find out the real story because the climax depends very heavily on him knowing everything um and telling sort of dasru that this is what happens and um I, i guess that was one of the rare sort of misgivings of the film but uh, but yeah overall i think like the film and the, these characters really like worked and uh, the film is its characters more than it being a narrative or it being a very sorted sort of way of uh, storytelling uh, because it, it, it's not any genre in a sense it it's, it may look like a survival drama it really isn't that also so and it, it it covers the sort of it come, covers the environment it covers the world that it's about in a very smart way also it uses that entire chase across from one side of the country to the other to to almost go documentary like about the country to show us certain visuals to show us um the, the this entire sort of abusive relationship between development and tradition at uh, uh, how sort of you know mining operations are taking over tribal land and how so many and how you know the common person in in a village like that is torn between you know the naxals and the government and how someone or the others always um, sort of forced to take a side and these are things we see in previous films a lot of smart filmmakers um, do get it across in many ways you you saw it in newton you saw it in uh, a lot of very socially conscious films but i found it very interesting that this film put it across using a different genre dif- different language altogether and uh, everything was very like almost incidental to what's happening on the screen and um, yeah i i think it was a very solid effort i like that makhija even when he works with genre and he does like working with genre uh he, i like that he still bends those to make the kind of bleak miserable nihilistic films that he obviously <laughs> wants to make i uh, think this is complimentary <laughs> in the past uh, has not been for, for like ajji uh, which i didn't like but uh, in in this one i that is complimentary and even out here like you can you can kind of feel the tension between his wanting to sort of make this scathing kind of very political very uh, socially aware film and also using the the tropes of of the chase film a bit of the revisionist western uh, and you know and the revenge film uh to sort of uh, use as as almost like guidelines to the audience that okay mm-hmm. we're putting these on things that you're familiar with but the way we're going to use them is not familiar it's like you know it's it's very rare obviously now in hindi cinema to have adivasi protagonists mm-hmm. uh you could probably name a handful in the last two decades or something uh and uh, even uh, i mean it's it's more common in in the regional cinemas of india but even here uh you can see that the pull of genre only works to a certain extent like unlike say komaram bhim or karnan or the lead in asuran who are these sort of mythic characters who yeah even yeah. though they're people are oppressed they have like a semi mythic status 
and they can kind of fight their way out of trouble. Uh, uh, Dasru has no such um, has no such powers. He has to kind of he has to kind of work with what he has and with the limitations. And he's scared and desperate, and he kind of even at the end he's sort of just sort of trying to his whole plan ends up to get him to a spot where he's still trying to beg for his life so not the kind of you know not the kind of triumphant uh, thing that people might have liked to see in the sense that you know mm. when you think of representation sometimes you think of a very powerful character but i think makija uh, to his credit sort of doesn't want to make that kind of film he knows that that is not his thing and he wants to make something that's very realistic and the way he loads the dice against dasru feels realistic and it also feels very much in you know it works with his filmography so i, I thought that was interesting yeah that's that's a good point because uh, i think throughout the film i think we kept thinking that dasru is going to um eventually have that confrontation with phulo karma and um, something dramatic is going to happen and uh, and we always keep forgetting that he doesn't know that it's her and i found it interesting because he see he sees hoardings of a political hoardings of a even in jharkhand when he reaches and the bajpa has this very interesting expression on his face then um, that it's almost like making the viewer think that okay he knows mm-hmm. uh, okay he's going to go towards her and um, for a reason i think he's going to get aggressive about it it almost feels like he's going to hunt her down then but um, but eventually the case is that he just wants to go to ask for her help because she was a fellow adivasi from his village he, he met in bombay and you know his sort of almost his oblivion um, being the kind of character he is is very powerful because we are constantly thinking that he he's going to do something and it never really happens and uh, that is what is also different from his other films and is good example of how makija uses genre as you mentioned earlier and is always like torn between you know using tropes and also wanting to like say something really powerful about society is there's this entire scene in naji i think uh, where there's almost a training montage for the old woman to prepare mm. herself mm-hmm. um, to take revenge for what happened to her granddaughter and um, you know that that i found that is when i saw like first sort of signs of what makija tries to do there were parts in bosley also where you felt like you know they using like genre tropes to have this old man do something before he passes become this samaritan before he passes or before he goes and before he means nothing to anyone after he dies and i found i found that more visible in this film because there's more it almost felt like a abhishek jobe film at some in some parts which was very interesting even the way they shot it as you mentioned like mm-hmm. a revision revision is western um i found it interesting how they shot it though what do you think about like the camp especially the choice made in terms of the the use of cell phones and the camera movement and stuff like that uh the the cell phone bits and the sort of uh, the sort of deliberately cheap digital look in of some scenes i thought those were fine those are kind of i, I think directors feel that those are a little more effective than they are yeah. uh, 
for storytelling i think they kind of take me personally a bit out of the film uh, but it was fine it wasn't overdone as much i thought the the general the, in general the shooting of the film was was uh, was really smart because because there's not a lot of talk but they need to have the sort of ominous feel through the through yeah. the thing they 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 pick out these weird details and they just make them look very you know, uh, they they'd give them the sort of menace that mm. uh, then you didn't need to do too much talking uh, and explaining to you know to understand that this is a dangerous place like you know just just the idea of that there's there's a scene where there's this earth mover this huge earth mover and it's just it's tower it's towering in in this landscape and the camera just lingers on it so much and it's such a good um, good symbol of like a brute force and also of like big business uh, and uh, and uh, but also you know progress in a sense so and all of that is mixed up in this one image and they just um, they just have a bunch of these through the film uh, there's there's this uh, great like tree trunk which is sort of withered but twisted and it's 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 there in the mines and it's just a it's just a small visual suggestion that here there was a forest mm. and now there is a mine and uh, you know it, things have just changed so much and it it connects with these small stray comments by people that you know who is guard who is the guardian of the forest manoj bajpai asks at one point you know who will stand up for us and uh, it just connects to these visual details i i thought they uh, they did a very good job with 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 that and, and like the sort of spareness of the dialogue is complemented by this very specific kind of camera work the cinematography is done by piyush uh, poti mm. yeah especially when um the characters weren't on screen uh, and they were like sort of transition shots establishing shots or just like sort of montages almost um i found it very interesting that it was very much a non fiction film at those times like mm. it it was very much like a documentary say raul jain's machines or like almost all that breeds there were some shots that reminded me of that mm. uh, it was telling its own it was almost like you know the subtext was being shown entirely through the images through the shots you mentioned very rightly Uh, especially that earth mover which even i couldn't get out of my head uh, it almost felt like there was a separate documentary crew shooting all these shots and there was like a separate crew following the characters and they lot of fused they sort of fused to make like this fiction but also technically not a fiction film uh, mm. uh, i i found it fascinating uh, at least the way they shot it i think it worked because um because i think a lot of the images as opposed to say something like bhosle or ajay with a lot of shock and all images stay with you your uh, mm. a lot of the images in general stay with you because there's not a lot of shot shock and all in that sense it's not trying to like jolt you out with something bizarre being shown on screen it is just very matter of factly shown in a very like we are showing you the truth kind of way and uh, yeah i i think there was a lot of thought behind the way the uh, film was shot and you can't say that a lot for a lot of low budget films and I think Mankhija does a better job than probably anyone I know in in Hindi cinema there. 
I um, what did you um, I and you spoke a bit about Bajpai. Uh, what did you uh, did you did you see anything different from him than what you kind of seen before? This performance to me slotted a bit in his Soncharya uh, mm. mode in the sense that you know this is a man who's done something that's haunted him and has kind of would have kind of given up on life as he does in Sonjidia, except that here he's responsible for another life. So he can't, he doesn't even have the luxury to do that. So it's kind of, for me, it was a bit in that register. Um, and uh, yeah, did you, uh, did you see anything from him that um, that was interesting? Yeah, that is exactly like, that's a very good example. Almost if you want to draw a parallel universe, that's pretty much the character he plays. Except here, um, he's sort of been the oppressed even when he was the oppressor, you know. Uh, mm. and, and I felt like, um, like yeah, I mean, in Sonchida, you, you're following a gang of decoits, basically. You are sort of, it's almost like, um, it's, it's the moral sort of tone, the moral register of that film is very different. Uh, and the gaze is very different. Here, you're almost like... Um, it's very interesting performance. He left it very ambiguous for the longest time. And you wonder why he is like this most of the scenes. You wonder why, like so much is said even in the scenes where, in the flashbacks where he's spending time with his wife and he's telling his wife, we need to leave. I need to leave the gun. And we need to go away. And uh, even in those scenes, you can almost get an idea of how their marriage played out. And uh, even the way the film starts, the construction site, and he's a little more subdued and looks haunted compared to her who's sort of moved on with life and um, and yeah I, I think nobody can infuse um, almost like a lifetime of emotions into your gestures and physicality the way Bajpai does in a lot of these films in a mm-hmm. lot of his roles actually in general and um, and you know, Sonchidia was one of my favorite Bajpai roles for the longest time. And I, even though this was fairly more invisible and there were more characters in this film, mm-hmm. uh, it, it just felt like it was a actor in total control of his understanding of the role rather than like his craft itself. Because he did a lot of strange things in this role, and all of he pulled it off because of the way the character was written and because. Uh, the character was never really supposed to be any kind of hero or underdog. It was just a victim throughout. And uh, it's it's a very brave performance in that sense. And uh, and he always has this sling um, with him. And you almost forget most of the time that, you know, he, he's running with the baby. And I think Bajpai is excellent. Um, he's an excellent physical actor. Like, people just don't talk about it enough. You yeah. see in Family Man, you see it in a lot of the roles he does. It's just effortless. We we keep celebrating the superstars and the Khans in the late 50s and like doing action. Like Bajpai does like everyday action at like mid 50s. And the way he does it is effortless. Like it just, it, it flows. That uh, night, the nighttime uh, chase scene uh, oh, yeah. is, uh, is um, I, I think it's better than I think it's better action than a lot of the yeah, you know the, the actual action action films that have come out uh, this year uh, in India. Uh, that was a fantastic scene. Really, I mean, well done on all levels. Really, yeah. uh, really well shot and uh, really well thought out. 
and again like as you mentioned making great use of all the surroundings they're putting him through him you know making him run through a market and then he reaches the field and then he's in the forest and suddenly he's like gone and then you remember oh yeah he was like a you know he, he used to be a he was a gorilla he was a gorilla fighter he's this is his home turf uh, which is you know it's just a cool reminder that way that uh, you know at some you just he, the way he becomes like even though he's sort of hunted and really scared through till the end as he gets closer to the village he becomes like a little bit more and more and more resourceful because it's just familiar surroundings and he knows how to use them and the film does that i think very subtly instead of making him like you know uh, you know like a very lethal force it just shows that he now he has enough tools to survive for a while yeah i uh, i love the part like where he sort of becomes almost a different person in the village like it, it, you see the confidence rising you see, and and eventually it's, it's it's sort of revealed as delusion you know and that's the best part because it's almost like he had his head under the ground for the last 5 years he has no idea that his village doesn't exist anymore that the fighters have been wiped out and that this is all happened he still thinks the fight is on and he can be part of it again and he has no choice but to pick up the gun he's sort of resigned to his fate and he and that scene on the bus where he just asked these random villagers saying you know why don't you fight and they were like you know we have nothing left we have to we have to take a side um yeah. I, i thought yeah these were lovely moments and you know bachpai really elevates all of them with his body language uh, it's the kind of performance you would like be like sure it's bachpai of course it's good like it's fine but it's the really special parts of it and it really made the film for me because it wasn't a very striking or crowd pleasing character in that sense as you mentioned you know these characters tend to um, win the day by the end and or or do something extraordinary he did he does nothing here and mm. smita tambe has more uh, like she she's sinister the other guy is righteous and uh, yeah bachpai you don't know what he is he doesn't know what he is so so yeah i'm i hopefully this role will like over time you know also gain him as much recognition as the other ones but uh, it's been a great year for him and hopefully we'll discuss like more of him and a lot of other good uh, uh, performances and films uh, towards the end of this year i think uh, joram we should is there anything else you'd like to talk about no i think that's about it do you want to anything else you want to recommend you've seen a lot of stuff this week oh yeah yeah so a lot of stuff i forgot i i tend to put that out of my mind but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah my recommendation would be this very nice sweet unexpectedly disarming film um, on amazon prime uh, starring jackie shroff and nina gupta and uh, directed by i mean you would know um, vijay morya who is famous for sort of writing i mean he's a great actor is also famous for writing the dialogues of galiber this is an extension almost of that must mai rehne ka is the film's name reminded me a lot of tuve mera sunday it's a it's a very bombay film and um, it's beautifully performed very sweet um, very disarming and it's it's just uh, one of those little films you don't expect much from when you start watching but it slowly wins you over so masma renaka is streaming on amazon prime so if any of you get a chance to watch it do write in think about what you like thought about it and hopefully it'll show up on some year end list as well because i mean it's bit fairly barren year in terms of hindi cinema 
though the box office has been ringing continuously but uh, it's nice when you have joram and masmerenka in the same week there's a lot to think about in that sense uh, i also watched wonka i actually quite liked it very old fashioned nice musical and um, i i i kept uh, thinking it would be a very johnny deppish sinister weird quirky film character sort of thing because he did play wonka willy wonka at some point 15 years ago but uh, it was a nice sweet film uh, it reminded me of something spielberg would make which is a nice thing all the time so so yeah wonka I see what you're doing there but no 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 way i'm watching wonka <laughs> i want I'm not asking you to watch Wonka. I'm just mentioning. No, this is very subtle. I, I saw what you did there, but, but the part <laughs> that reminded me of the terminal. If you, I mean, but okay. Oh, okay. No, that's fine. I uh, no, but definitely checking out Must Me Reneka uh, yeah. this weekend if possible because uh, that sounds great. And uh, I only found out like yesterday that it was Vijay Morya's. Yeah, uh, and I think that should be fun. He's a, he's I I really his writing is always fun, and I don't know if he he's acting in the film, but his acting is also a lot I of mean, fun. I mean, he has a nice small cameo and all, but uh-huh. uh, but yeah, I love the way he looks at Bombay. He he's a lot of affection for not just mm-hmm. Bombay, but even for its contradictions. I really like that. Like he's he's done mm-hmm. some very good work in. Because the first time I ever noticed him was in uh, Mumbai, Mary Jan. I think like 2008 or something, where right. he's playing the subordinate of Paresh Rawal as a cop in that, and great performance, great. And I really that, like that. Yeah, yeah I, I remember that one. Wow. Yeah, like that righteous cop. Yeah, yeah, and such a haunting performance. So I mean, he's always stayed with me. Then I always associate the Bombay we see in these films with him. So I'm very glad he's made this film. Even Gully Boy, so much of Gully Boy was Vijay Morya more than. Oh, totally. They really needed him on on yeah. dialogues. I, I mean, yeah. imagine if, anyways, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's been the week. A very crowded one. Thank you for listening. We will be back soon. A uh, bunch of big films coming up and year enders coming up. So we will keep you updated. Uh, see you soon uh, and take care.